this is Your Trash Weekly with your weekly dose of trash. And this is Stephanie from Germany and... And this is Nora from California, the US. <laughs> yeah. The US. Thank you. I have to specify California because California is like a country, you know? Like you're in the EU, but you're in Germany and I'm in the US, California. How was your week? Uh, my week was good. We got new internet, so everything is blazing. I love it. You know, the new game came out that I wanted to play for so long, Cyberpunk 2077. I love it. It's just what I was hoping for. I really love it. I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, it has bugs, but, you know, I don't care about bugs personally. My favorite game to this day is the most buggiest game on record, which is... Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, the first, I think it's the second one actually. Um, well, the new one is coming out in March, but uh, the one that I played was like 15 years ago and it was so buggy that I had to switch characters because I just couldn't finish the game. So, um, yeah, so this, this cyberpunk has the same issues, but I just love the art style, I love the topic. So nothing can stop me. I mean, we just, uh, well, Jared just picked up the game. I'm not playing the game. We've just, <laughs> I've just learned and he's just learned. Um, he's just gotten to the point where you can pick his penis length. I That's know. how far we've gone. Yes, yes. I, made a, I made a female character. And uh, I love it that you can put penis on her and you can customize them so cool you can they can be whatever you want and yeah there is different type of penises i noticed that as well um i did i pick yep. i just went with vagina but there's also nothing if you just want to go in with nothing <laughs> all right and you know I yeah, so spent, that's how far he's gotten into the game yeah i dude the character creation is one of my bane of existence i spend hours in it because i wanted to be a character modeler and i love making characters so this is my cheap way of like oh, i can make something cute and my kids were harassing me while i was making it like I'm like, why is it taking so long? Just pick the eye color. I'm like, no, no, no. It's a science behind every every single part, and it takes me forever, you know. I but I love it. I it's it's a fun part of the game, and then you never see that character most of the time, um, which is okay with me. I don't I don't really care. Either way, it's great. Uh, I just love this topic, and you know what? There is a lot of backlash about this game because of the developers uh, got caught up in a kind of scandals. But I don't address that. I honestly don't care. Um, I think they are just, you know, different issues in Europe that they are dealing with, uh, you know, and uh, they developed a game where you can put a penis on a female character. So I mean, I don't think they are transphobic, you know. Yeah, the scandals. I heard there were scandals, but I'm also not really interested. So yeah, the scandals are nerd <laughs> news. The scandals are totally nerd and gamer news, which is, you know, for me, it's important because I was thinking about our audience. Mm. And what do you think? Who is our audience? Because I identified an audience, which is I tell you later. What's yours? What's what do you think? I think it's just the average person. That I mean, we haven't gotten special for anything. We're just talking about everyday things. No, but what kind of what kind of people we are? And I think I identified ravers because we love electronic music. I never been to a rave myself. But we haven't talked about really we haven't talked music, about it. So. But it's good to put it out there that like our Instagram started to show some funny stuff. So ravers. Nerds for me because I love games, video game nerds. Basically, uh, oh yeah, and Euro chic, which we love, you know, kind of looking into fashion uh -huh. and what's cool. Uh, yeah, so Raver Euro chic nerds. <laughs> this is sure. Converge. Oh, travelers for you because you're a traveler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we can cover and average people. I mean, I don't know what that means because I think everyone has a lot of interests. So 
I don't know what that means anymore, but I, I'd like to think about who would listen to us and I would want to make friends with them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why we have social media and email and everybody can reach out to us and yeah, we can be friends if you're a social... Now, what is it, a nerdy, braver fashionista yeah that's sure, cute contact us. yeah sure nerdy raver fashionista any of those and uh i think a lot of people are like a merge of different genres different things and i you know i listen to a lot of hip-hop rap music so yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i think we have very broad we're gonna just uh it's, it's a we are broad, broad because people we cover we have a lot of interests and one of my our interests is self-help which is more like your interest i think the mind, yeah. I kind of succumbed to it because I got into like basically this block wall and I couldn't, I had a lot of personal issues that I was dealing with and I realized, well, maybe self-help is not that bad after all. <laughs> Helping the self. Yeah, no, it's really not that bad. <laughs> no, I had a really arrogant eye when I was younger. I was very strong and powerful in my mind, you know. I, I was very much like mm -hmm. aggressive person, I guess, and just go getting what I wanted. And nothing stopped me, you know? And I was like, okay, well, who needs self-help? What is this little topic of, like, meh? And I really looked down on it and kind of... But, you know, a lot mm. of it generates, I think, gimmicks and, you know, a lot of weird... There are a lot of gimmicks. Of course there are. Yeah, but I think I took it as that, as the whole industry of, like, uh, preying on people's insecurities sort of thing. And then, and then I think I found later on when I needed some sort of help that... Uh, that is actually thought behind it, but you need to be able to sit down and figure out what, what are they trying to get to you. And some of them, I think, marketing, but some of it is actual real things. Well, I mean, it's just, I think it takes um, a certain amount of humility to even look at yourself and, first of all, to see that I'm not the end-all, be-all. I'm not perfect and I cannot do this alone and I need some help. And that's, yeah. that, you know, and humility is, is one of the first steps and I think, becoming a better you uh, you just you know have to be humble especially in relationships you have to be humble a lot it is um, true I think a lot I I never really had that because I I was so on my own that I had to deal with everything on my own you know and mm -hmm. I think that just makes you like very much self-protective and just aggressive to be honest that's how I reacted yeah, it makes you put up a wall it makes you want to protect yourself and not want to be vulnerable yeah, and my, my reaction was I was fighting. I was fighting even in my relationship for no reason because I was used mm -hmm. to fighting, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, you recommended me a really good book. Do you want yeah, to talk about agreements. it? Yeah, The Four Agreements. And it's kind of an older book. How did he, you find he it? He even has, a, he has like, even a, he has so many other books out and he has, like, The Fifth Agreement and then he has, it's from Don Miguel Ruiz, by the way, if anybody would like to get it. It's a great book, The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, yeah, he even has a son now that speaks and um, it's definitely an older book, but it's it's such a goodie and it's so basic and it's so easy to understand. Easy. Yeah, it's easy I to mean, read and easy to get through. Something that I would have dismissed when I was younger because it's so simple, but in simplicity there is honestly quite a bit. Mm -hmm. it, once you read into it as maybe an older person, I think you'll find... Maybe I... So when I read it, I already kind of felt like I've been through a lot of stuff that I learned from my own mistakes that led me to this, but this book pointed it out. So I kind of learned from my own mistakes these things that are in the book. Yeah, yeah. But it's better if you kind of read the book and don't have to go through mistakes and years of wasted time. So... 
Well, it's not necessarily wasted. A lot of people make, you know, mistakes. And I think the best way is to learn from mistakes. By just reading the book and never making a mistake, you'd be like, yeah, whatever. And Oh, that's yeah, arrogance again. Like, yeah. yeah. And then I think you learn from your mistakes. And, and the more you make them, the more you learn. And unless you make the same mistake over and over again, then maybe it's time, like, really got to yeah. <laughs> stop making that mistake. But <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, huh? Um, so yeah, what do you want to say about it? I mean, especially right now in the time that we're in COVID where um, everybody's talking about the physical health, the physical health of um, coronavirus, no one is talking about the ramifications on the psyche and on the mental health, especially being isolated, especially being in quarantine, people that don't have a lot of friends or people that don't have a life partner that live completely alone. Or people that rely on going to meetings that are addicts, alcoholics, who you know, who knows? Like it's just I feel bad for these people. Um and, and myself included, it was it's it's hard. Um yeah. but no one is really talking about the mental Yeah, aspects. I don't think and then it takes something that a toll on people then they have to figure out on their own and some people are so you know get so trapped in that like I'm alone mindset that they are, don't have any ways to reach out but yeah I don't know it's I've been I've been there I guess because I was too afraid to tell people I have issues because I didn't want to bring their day down and I didn't oh, want to be God. the complainer you know what I mean it just becomes like so bad after a while when you're in a difficult spot that that you just can't do anything else but complain and that people will abandon you because they're just like, oh, this one who complains, oh. And, you know, like, people are not used to that. The real, you know, true, I guess, sad parts maybe or difficult things that you deal with. Yeah, but then again, that comes down to humility again. Like, um, I had last week at my job, I was it was Thursday and I was uh, actually had to go into my job and I was sitting there and I was alone most, I was in my own office. Everybody's in their own office. There were only like, I don't know, four or five people maybe in the entire office. So I didn't, I barely even saw, saw a person. So I was in my own office. Everybody else's. I was completely isolated. It was my first week of work and I was just sitting there and I didn't really know what to do yet. I was just going through some trainings, but there was not much else to do. And I was reading SOPs and they kind of brought me back into some really, really terrible jobs I had back in the US and I was it it was bad I had past like I know it's an extreme word trauma but not really trauma but I had past experiences of really really bad work in this environment how I was sitting because I had this similar environment way back brought back that drama response mm -hmm. it's not a trauma but it's the same it's the same thing like it had that response of that mm -hmm. extremely bad experience I've had in a job um mm -hmm. you know just really hating my life and I just sat there and I three times almost I had to fight back tears because I this, this response came back these these things that were already but what was, like it? Was, it, was it the environment or was it just uh, like no was it's it? It, it was, yes, it was partially the environment that brought it up, but it was really brought it up is my thoughts. I let my thoughts run crazy. I was just sitting there and my thoughts went into all the wildest places, into the worst places. It went into the most dark places. And it was all triggered by just something that rem reminded me of a really bad job I had in the past. Because I was sitting there and not much to do, my thoughts went crazy. And I was listening to my thoughts. And then eventually I was like, I need to stop this because it's my thoughts that are going crazy. So yeah. I was observing my thoughts. I was just sitting there. I'm like, okay, let's just let them go. 
and then I was like, I could see beyond my thoughts. It was just, you know, they were, if I had listened to them more, I would have gone, like, I would have full on cried. <laughs> hmm. But I was able to find, I, I was able to see it's just my thoughts and I'm not my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they were just trying me, they were trying to get me into a really dark, dark, dark street. Mm-hmm. I, and, I have a hard time yeah. imagining this. I, I just, because I don't think that way. I'm so task oriented that I run into issues when I, uh, oh my God, the task in front of me is huge. And if I perceive that I cannot do it or I might fail, I, I, I panic. So that to but that's me, also your thoughts. Those are your thoughts telling yeah. you what if you fail. What yeah, yeah. If you it's fail. to me that don't listen yeah. to them. Don't mm-hmm. listen to your thoughts. Yeah, I think uh, it's <laughs> it's a lot of struggle for everyone to deal with these things because nobody truly understands what goes on inside your head, but you. And when you go see therapists and all that, then you have to fill them in on a lot of background to be able just to be on the same level of yeah. you know footing. But yeah, this book is is great. So what are the four agreements? Um, in short. Beam. Well, be impeccable with your words, meaning that you just don't throw words around. You you know, you don't just say, I love you if you don't mean it. You don't say, I'm gonna call you tomorrow if you don't mean it. You don't you don't say anything that you don't mean because all you have is your word. What about sarcasm, which we use a lot? That's totally fine. Just like joking, you can make jokes. It's so funny because I say a lot of things and people don't know I'm sarcastic, so that kind of bothers me. But uh, obviously when I say something out of way, way over the top, I'm surprised that people sometimes take it seriously. And, uh, you know, like I would put my kids on eBay, such things. I would... <laughs> I would never. <laughs> Jesus, how can you take that seriously? But I have well, to. I have to. I've they learned. They would probably take it seriously if I say it. But well, they would take it you. seriously. I think around here because I have an accent, and uh, you know they don't know how I think. I guess, and well, who would say such a thing? And I don't say it in the right sarcastic tone as a uh, native American English speaker would. I have to say, dude, I'm joking. <laughs> to break the ice. I can't believe that. I don't know. I, I run into these uh, issues because, you know, people think f- about foreigners, all kinds of different things. Like when I first came here, people were like literally bringing up like the whole like, do you wash your clothes in the river type of thing? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't well. know. I mean, obviously technology and the internet changed this, but, you know, people are can be like so whatever okay sarcasm aside so sarcasm is fine Mm -hmm. second one is don't take anything personally that's a very hard one because uh it's very hard if for example like especially if it's someone close to you if my husband says like oh you just never do this right how are you not supposed to take this personally it's something that he is it's you know he's just frustrated with something and so he says something that is probably not true because never is an extreme statement i mean it's nothing is absolute but that's just an example but it's really hard when it comes from someone that's so close to you that's that's what it means to not take anything personally and then of course in the wider sense it's like okay the cashier today was yelling at you um obviously has nothing to do with you but some people still take it personally and they're like what you want to fight me like Mm -hmm. don't it's you know the cashier maybe has a bad day don't nothing is personal absolutely nothing I know, so, I know, That's that comes in with lot, so many interactions, and once I, I internalized that, I was uh, I was really surprised at how many things 
you you would misread and and from especially I guess from low self-esteem or self-esteem issues you would just mm-hmm. think it's directed at you whereas literally mm-hmm. it comes from the other person's background yeah. or day or whatever they are uh, thinking but that's why I don't take any statement like you know I have these relatives through my husband who would just literally you know shout at me on Facebook like why don't you go back to where you came from you're not even an American I saw you that I show you that little text bit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't take that personally because she she just has nothing. She has this thought because I speak against what she believes is right. And I'm like, well, look, I do think globally. And if I have to, I move away. I'm not, you know, yeah, I, they made me a citizen. And there are certain allegiances I pledged, you know, at the time. But, uh, you know, everyone just is out for themselves to a degree, you know, and I think on that level, we think differently. And for her to say that, I, she's really not, she can hurt me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, that has nothing to do with you. She's just angry at, at I guess, immigrants or something, and, and you are there to take it out on. It's very obvious that has nothing to do with you. But um, you mentioned that, you know, you take criticism really hard. Like, even, like, if somebody said something bad about our podcast or something. So yeah. the only way you would take it really hard is if you take it personally. Well, yeah, because I take my work and uh, I put work in the podcast and I try but- to improve things. And when that's why I have also office trauma, to be honest, this PTSD from the, relating to the office, because I, I show up there with all my power, and I want to do my best. And some people, instead of coming to you and declaring, hey, you're doing this wrong, it just uh, gives you like a backhanded, you know, slap or like just passive aggressive. And then you find out that, well, can you just face me and tell me what I'm doing wrong as opposed to like, you know, ostracizing people? There is a lot of negativity in offices because everyone fights for their bonus. Everyone fights for their in with the boss. It's very disgusting. You're taking your work very seriously, but still if somebody criticizes it it has nothing to do with you and the only way you can be upset about it is if you take it personally no matter how now serious you take your work because it's probably has nothing to do with you yeah that to me is the hardest part because you know here uh, when I went to school I really internalized and took it seriously that this is my work and I identify and we had on slack at my workplace someone put this funny comment uh, that showed up from day to day every day like someone's quote and it would say your work is not you and that's so important to me to think about because I always thought my work is me like it shows what I can do how I would be perceived the work your work is not you is so true and no it's not yeah your thoughts aren't you either because those thoughts are just if they were me I would be a terrible person (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's that's that. I never thought about it that way. My thoughts are me to a most degree, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to think mm, about that right now. They're not you because thoughts can be really mean. So yeah, you never thought about it. You know why? Because your thoughts don't want you to think about it, huh? Huh. <laughs> I have to take time on that one. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> because if your thoughts are time to think about how terrible your thoughts are, then you might want to quit them. That would be really bad for your thoughts, and they don't want to leave. So. <laughs> basically like your thoughts is just an idea and like keep them as like that I guess don't don't get attached I guess yeah don't exactly don't get attached to your thoughts because they are would you want to be your thoughts friends I, I certainly don't 
I mean, I have some really, really bad thoughts. And if they were me, like I said, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so that's why you develop that person with your, you know, like uh, that, that basically like filters. And then you have your filter. And a lot of people don't have filters. And they just say whatever. And Well, I say whatever. I, do, I yeah. certainly do. And I probably shouldn't. But that's why people meditate in order to, you know, quiet the mind. Because the thoughts are, you have so many thoughts all day long. And thoughts is what makes me anxious. Thoughts is what, what gives me fear. Thoughts is like, they make me crazy. Thoughts are making me cry. It's just like all the time. So if I can just, I know meditate is not for me either, but if I can find like yoga or, or a pole, for example, mm-hmm. in that hour, I don't have thoughts. And yeah. It, that, that's so like, I come back out. Like I go back, I go back. I used to go to pole in the evening. So I go to, like I had all these thoughts on the day and like work and stress and all that. And then I would go to pole or yoga or whatever. And mm-hmm. then I would come back out and be like, wow. That was just an hour without any, like this, all the thoughts come back when I look back to my car and I'm like, oh, wow, they were just gone for an hour. No, that's great <sighs> that you could get into that mindset. So I used to do yoga a lot. I did pregnant yoga. I did all kinds of yoga. And then at work, we had yoga at lunch and all this. And uh, they, the yoga teacher would always try to get us, don't think about work. Don't let it go yeah. in this hour. Focus on yourself. And it's the hardest thing. And I, to be honest, I could never do it because sometimes I found it was very important for me to think about work and try to get better at it. That just in that quiet space, I could come up with work, very good uh, solutions, you know? So, you know, to me, that was like, I always cheated, I guess, in yoga. (laughs) No, no, no. It's really hard. I mean, it really is hard. And if you come up with great ideas, most likely it's not your thoughts. Most likely that was just your instinct because your thoughts were so quiet at the moment. And then your instinct comes up usually with great ideas or great like information that just comes to you. It's not a thought. It's something that just comes to you and it's just there. It's not something you think about. That's the instinct. And the instinct is a good thing because, you know, our instinct can save us. Our instinct, like animals live off of instinct 100%. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Babies live off instinct. That's all they have. They have instinct. So I had a, I had a lot of those feelings, but I couldn't really discuss it with anyone, to be honest, because my friends here in the U.S. were kind of, you know, coworker friends and kind of superficial that nobody wants to get into these discussions. But I find it so valuable to talk to people like this. Yes. And I don't know. I, I tell my friends I would go home from time to time, you know, and then tell them in Hungary, like, so they're like, oh, so you have friends? How many friends do you have? And I'm like, I don't have any friends Ugh. in the U.S. And it's so fucking sad. And I don't uh. know why. And I always thought, oh, my God, it must be me. I'm wrong. I'm Something is in me. Is that they don't want to be friends with me. And, you know, I Those just, are your thoughts. Those are your thoughts. Well, but in reality, the action, the result was that I... People don't, what I think now that happened is that the U.S. is huge, right? So people filter out people much more easier then in Hungary, you're looking for friendship. You're like, hey, I'm in a new situation. New friend, you're, or you're. And then you're pointing out in your mind, like, those three are cool. I want to be friends with them. And then you just somehow, you know, you signal to each other. You look at each other and you're like, cool, something you about them. I don't know. And then you become friends, kind of talking to them. But like here, when you're in a new situation, I think people perceive people as like, I'm going to cut those off. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I can interpret it. Like, I don't have any best way to this day. I have one good friend now that I can talk to and she's another mom and uh, we kind of have, I guess, similar surroundings. We, you know, dealing with similar issues and, uh, but not many. I, I don't call people. I don't have any friends that I can call. And it's so sad. 
I feel like. like... I don't have your experience, but would you like me to tell you what my theory is? No, yeah, for sure. I don't know why this is. Okay, so here's my theory, is that deep down you have this belief that you're not worthy of having a lot of friends and therefore you will keep, you know, you are kind of attracting exactly what you are thinking, that maybe you're not worthy of friendship or you're too weird to have friends or you're just not like them or, and therefore you attracted exactly what you just thought and you just manifested that. I don't know if I manifested because who puts up a Craigslist friends, Ed? people that don't have you know like a lot of friends like I had the same I just I didn't think I was worthy ever for having a lot of friends really and even in that. Europe yes. though even in Europe you had the same experience oh 100% I had the exact same oh, experience wow. because it came I don't think I did because I had uh, I was friends with the misfits I'm gonna looking back at it this obvious the people who were like into a lot of weird stuff, like you know, not not the conventional things as much. A little bit more interesting, though. I like interesting people, and um, yeah. I, but I never. I I always was here and I'm trying to be make friends. But then kind of that pushes people I, I, away. I think in American culture, like you become too eager. Like what what are you doing? Like you know, in Europe, you're like, hey, come over to my house. And here, you don't come over to anyone's house until it's like. Until you knew them for like a while. Culturally, I think difference uh, was also in my way, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's the opposite. It's like in Germany, I mean, in America, I can have anyone over to my house. And in Germany, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Really? We need to have like a year-long friendship. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, so Germ- and... in Germany, you, you guys perceive it like it's as a big step too. Yeah, it's a very big step. In America, it wasn't a big step at all. Like, it was so easy. People would just come over. I mean, it was Oh, because, yeah, you were in college years and all that. But now, you know, I'm older and I live in a neighborhood when people have families and stuff like that. And uh, Even in Tampa, like, way past my college years, uh-huh. I was always, like, over at people's houses, like, really? all the time. Yeah. I don't oh, know, yeah. man. I don't know. Then I have different... We both each have different experiences. But, you know, everyone's trying to make sense of their experience, which is part of the deal. And we and we get into all these, like, well, I interpreted it this way, so it must be true. But then, you know, once you accept that, well, maybe it's just my way of looking at it. It's cool. Yeah, I think that's what we attract. What we truly believe, our belief deep down, is what, exactly what we manifest. Well, but I, do, I also changed my mindset on it because I was very shy and I wanted to people to come to me and declare friendship. And now I'm like, I really go and say, hey, you're cool. Like, I just tell people that I think they are, whatever they are doing that I find interesting about them, I just tell them. And it's it's like, okay, well, I don't care. And if they don't like it, well, it's still out there as a fact, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I changed my uh, point of view on it. I mean, that's the whole purpose of doing self-help. You start to change. You start to change your belief. You start to change that you're worthy, that you, de- that you deserve this. And... Um, I mean, it's just whatever you, you know, believe and whatever mm-hmm. you want to attract, it's just, you have to just truly believe it. And so yeah, this book, I've changed yeah. a lot in my life based on just changing my mindset. My whole outside changed. Re- exactly. I mean, this book really helps you grow in that way. Cause he, he talks about imagining the world as a dream world, kind of hard maybe to, for some people to, to understand, but if like your internal world is dictated by 
what your thoughts, right, like what we are trying to say here, then then your outside world will kind of be what you want. Change too. Yeah. yeah, it will and change. And then, yeah, speaking back to the book, the third agreement is don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Very tough for me. Very tough for Very me hard. too. That's hard for everyone, I think, because of just you get attached and you're like, I made the decision, that's what it must be. But even in relationships, someone says something, oh yeah, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna go or something and then, you know, and then you go and then the other person's like, well, what? I mean, you know, and then you make an assumption and they didn't mean it that way. And it's like, never, ever make an assumption. Like when someone says something vaguely or something you think you believe, uh, I wish I had a better example right now, but it happens well, I have a lot of examples because 50 times a day where I make an assumption yeah. and then mm-hmm. I'm like, ah. Oh. Even at work, one of my managers or boss had this saying, assumptions, they make an S of out of you and me or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. I don't know what it means. You know, back then I didn't know what it means, but then I thought about it and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that just means misunderstandings, basically. You know, you yeah. you, you run into this all the time in, in work, like you think someone else did something, but then they didn't, didn't do it, but then you thought they might have done it and then you think it's passive aggressive and then you just get caught up in this weird land of that doesn't even exist. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, so just talk to people, right? If you have a bit of an issue, it's much easier to clear cut and then say, hey, it really felt like you meant this. Did you mean that? Or just clear it up, I guess, right? I don't know. That's yeah. what I found is the best way to get around that. It's so it's so hard, especially in relationships. It causes so many fights, not like fights, yeah. so maybe disagreements in all relationships because then you're like, oh, I thought you said that. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. And then like, it's it's hard, you know? It's yeah, I know so what easy. you mean. I mean, I think a relationship, I'm very lucky with my partner because Nick is very understanding and I can't piss him off, but I did try for a long time just to alienate him I guess just to see what he can what he uh, test him basically you tested the limits yeah and then he nothing he's like a I don't know he's just very happy-go-lucky like the definition of happy-go-lucky sometimes it's very fucking annoying to be honest but uh (laughs) so so basically we got into a lot of these things when we had kids because we didn't have time to speak anymore you know Mm -hmm. and we just were running to two jobs we're running to around the kids pick them up this kid picked up that kid everyone had their schedule it was insane and we never spoke anymore because everyone was tired to speak so we just Mm. would go about our day for years and then it came very difficult times when I thought, we both thought we might divorce. It, wow. it was just terrible, you know? I mean, it was very, very difficult mm-hmm. because we let it deteriorate our issues and assumptions. And like, I started to think that, oh, he must have a motive for doing these things. And he started mm-hmm. to think that I'm treating him bad. And then it became this self feeding cycle. And Thoughts. oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, I know. Very scary, know. very scary stuff. So now we just decided, look, if I say something, I'm saying it because this is what I see happened. And you you are here to just say it. No, that's not what happened. You know, or, or yeah, that's kind of what happened. But this is why, you know, so we, we, up, we reached a kind of open communication now when I can say almost anything without him getting, you know, kind of a bad reaction, I guess. Because I can say very bad stuff sometimes, like very honest and raw shit. <laughs> he doesn't like Yeah, it. I mean, again, like when I when I say really honest and raw shit, what you would like to call it, like I really say mean things. It comes from, it has nothing to do with him. Even though I'm angry at him at the moment, the words that I'm saying and the anger has nothing to do with him. It's, it's me. It's just, it's just something inside of me. It's me, my anger from 
I don't know, probably past is coming up and I'm saying stuff. But again, in the fight, how do you not take it personal? It's so hard. Yeah. Even though it's not, it's not personal. We just had an argument yesterday, literally because I said something in a text and he perceived it differently. And so he was like, oh, but you said that. And I was like, no, I didn't say that. Showed me the text message. I'm like, yeah, see, I didn't say that. I said, well, that's only one way to take it. And I'm like, no, but I meant it that way. It's people's perceptions are so different. We'll so wait a minute. Was that up. was that a sarcastic way that he read it and you no. didn't? Or was it like a... No. Okay. It's, it's hard. It wasn't sarcastic at all. Well, te- was, text is a whole different matter. Text is a whole different yeah. matter. Because, I mean, I had a boss lived uh, on the East Coast and I lived here and uh, he worked from there so with all we would communicate is text but you know what we would talk about was all factual so it was it was not leaving room for misunderstanding but in relationship the people have emotions you know so anything i was saying to him it was just like check out this file do this it was instructions and stuff but in relationship people you know you get attached to people and you say things and then they read it and then there's so much emotion attached yeah. to it and it's crazy the height height changes you know and then when you read yeah. it you don't hear the tone that's even worse with uh, communication issues and we've been through some terrible fights and terrible stuff and uh mostly so have we, yeah oh my god we became stronger now you know so our bond is like you can't tell me anything anymore that that's gonna that's gonna set me off you know kind of it became the other side i guess yeah, so that happens a lot of times that, um, you know, couples go for phases where they seriously think about divorce and all. But the best part is if you do overcome it, you're probably stronger on the other side. You know, that's why a lot of people I think nowadays give up too early on their relationships and, and maybe divorce. But you really have to fight for it. There, are, there will be tough times. You just have to get over it. Yeah, it depends what happened in the relationship. I'm going to say that with a big caveat because... You know, there are times when I think there is no way back, you know, certain after well, certain actions. There's some things like, yeah, cheating, for example, for me, there would be no way back. Yes. See, um. that that's one of the big things that I think a lot of people draw the line. I know that's where Nick draws the line. And that's why we had an, uh, basically, I guess, disagreements a lot because I asked for an open relationship once and he, he got angry for months. He was just not having it. He's like, what is this? Why are you even saying things like this? And I was like, dude, like, I just, this is not what I meant to say, to be honest. But I felt kind of trapped in the relationship and that's how it came out. Like, if you're not going to treat me the way I want to be treated, then I'm just going to go and do something else. And then we can still be married for the kids. I want to take care of our kids together. I would never divorce because of this. But, you know, we have to find what works for us. And we yeah. moved past that, and uh, he understood that it wasn't an attack on him, which is very easy to take it. Not personally, exactly. Yeah. You have to understand. He took it personally at first, of course. Very much but so. It wasn't. Oh, God. But it was it painful. Painful times because he would be angry weeks later and just, just for no reason course, lash yeah. out. And I'm like, nothing even happened. I'm like, nothing happened. And he's just the thought, I guess, would drive him nuts. The thought, exactly. And you took it personally. Yeah. Which it wasn't, but it's hard not to take this personally, but it wasn't personally. Yeah, it's it's difficult. So yeah, what's the yeah. last what's the last agreement? Well the last one is always do your best. Always do your best is hard for me because what is that? What's your best? <laughs> I think it's not hard. I think every I mean, maybe I'm being optimistic, but I really think that most human beings, ninety percent of the day, ninety five at least always will do their best. 
I don't think anyone goes out to be like, well, today I'm just going to be mediocre. Even if you're tired and your best is just mediocre, that's still your best for that day. If you have a headache and you can barely function, then that's the best for that day. Society doesn't understand this, you know, so that we have an issue where society expects people to be always on and always the way they've seen you before, which we have to change. In the Bay Area, it's impossible, impossible. but I think in the Bay Area and the US, a lot of people choose, have to choose maybe drugs, I don't know, to cope, you know, psychological drugs, to be honest, to to be yeah, on I don't, all the time. I don't know any Americans. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, most Americans I know, they take something each day, not necessarily psychological drugs or anything, but almost everybody is like, is taking something. It's diabetes or whatever. I mean, thankfully I'm not, I'm not taking anything, but, um, crazy how many people are taking Yeah, I don't want to draw yeah. a parallel exactly to psychological issues and medical conditions at all because we don't know anything about Uh this topic, but Uh to me, I am on multiple medications and they help me to live a life that I feel like it's a lot of uh, I don't know. It's 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 a lot of (laughs) a lot of pushing myself to be honest, and that's how I want to live. But I think I think it's kind of it's a difficult subject for me because I really want to always get better. And when you want to get better and you are sick one day, a lot, I'm sick a lot, I have the migraine stuff, which comes up every month. And I, I can't deal with it. I just like, why am I not able to do the same things today? It's very hard psychologically. I mean, I believe that, that everybody, at every manifestation of an illness, there is a deeper symptom. And mm-hmm. a deeper symptom becomes from something really deep inside of you. And um, for example, migraines, I looked it up, is the fear of being driven or not wanting to conf- like to conform to normal life. And I have a lot of my own little things that come up that I've looked up, what that means and what the deeper issue is. And I've you know been able to overcome a few by knowing, oh, okay, so this is where it actually, what's the actual like deep down, what's, what's happening, what, then the symptom goes away. Well, it happens to some people, but not for migraine. Weirdly, migraine is a very strange disease, and uh, I don't get it when I'm pregnant. So it's clearly hormonal. And, you know, a lot of hormones dictate, especially, I guess, for women, and it's not a stereotype, it's facts, uh, how, how you end up reacting to things, how your body behaves, how your body works and functions. I mean... It can. It can, but people have, um, people have done the whole, like... They've learned what, you know, the deeper meaning of the migraine is. And they have um, gotten able to get rid of it. Uh, sometimes things are psychological. Sometimes things are, are, you know, real, like symptoms with your organs, like a neuro, neurological But there's symptoms, disease. exactly, there's symptoms. And there's a cause. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out the cause. So there's not much research done. And when you figure out the cause, mm-hmm. then the symptom can go away. So that's the problem, I think, with a lot of medicine nowadays, that they don't look for the cause and don't try to treat yeah. the cause. They treat the symptom. I know so many people that went to the doctor because they had a serious issue and then the pill, then the doctor was just like here take the pill and they're like well the pill is just gonna alleviate the symptom but I need to know what the cause is so the symptom doesn't happen because I don't want to take a pill for the rest of my day so like it's just just easier for the doctor to be like oh we have a pill for that versus oh well there might be something deeper and that might be coming like yeah. that's really deep and you might need to see someone and like that's I just- mean I'm looking at everything right now I'm giving a lot of <laughs> 
information to 23andMe, honestly, about like, hey, if you find anything gene related to this, just research it, research more ways. I volunteer for studies which are done in Berkeley. You know, if there is any migraine studies, I volunteer for that because honestly, more people need to address things that we deal with, you know, as, as issues. You, yeah. know what, you know what's funny? In Southern California, I didn't have it. So I think it's also pollution related to a degree. I really don't know, but this is just my own finding. No, I, I, I still think it's the, the, the cause is fear of being driven. That's what it says. And in California, you have to be driven. You have to. No, I it's got it just... in Hungary. I was the worst. I went home in Hungary and then I was like, my family was vacationing in, in like a vacation home and I spent three days dying because I always, I forgot to bring my medication and then I, I got so bad. It got so bad. I yeah, was puking for three days. Because you have the belief that you need your medication. That's a belief. Yes. Oh, well, then... I will not get off my medication. That's a bad advice. No, if no, your no. Doctor... I'm not saying you should. I'm not saying you should at all. I'm not saying you should get off. I'm just saying that belief, I think we have clearly very different beliefs that's my well, we do because i deal with this this stops me from literally moving okay so i cannot chance anything and this got me no, to the point of course not. yeah i'm not saying you should no no but not. it's it's i wish i didn't have it and i didn't have to deal with this but i my heart goes out for everyone else who is who even has it worse because there are people who get it daily and yeah i'm just yeah. so sorry but uh yeah oh, I, I know. We, we we have a lot of different perspectives but i love that you bring your perspective because i take what what is important to me that you have something from your heart that you're trying to tell me and i'm like i look into that even and though, vice versa i mean yeah. vice versa it's always good to have a civil discussion with somebody and it's not doesn't have to be like you're right and i'm wrong or i'm right and you're wrong yeah it's i mean imagine like, if like i don't talk to stephanie because she believes in psychological causes and i know it's uh, I, I don't even know what it is to be honest so yeah I, I i love that you share your opinions and point of view i love it I know, and I, I love it too, and I love that you can just do it, and we can just talk about it, because nowadays, especially nowadays, it seems like most people can't have, like, civil discussion anymore, it's all like, like religion, it's like, what I believe is right. Yeah, because you if you don't agree, wrong. everyone else yeah, is wrong. If you don't believe agree, you're an enemy. That's scary, and that's what's yeah. happening in the world right now, and that's what's been happening with religions so much, because it's always like, well, if you don't believe what I believe, you're all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it, it becomes no very discussion. black and white very black and white and i love there is many shades in between you know yeah if any of you want to get some input that would be really great we'd love to hear your opinions maybe you agree with her maybe you agree with me or someone something completely different the crystals the crystals what. is different so I started to believe in crystals a little bit. I love them crystals now. It's so pretty. But uh, a friend of mine yes. believes in the energy healing power of crystals. And to me, it's a new avenue that I'm like, I really love looking at the crystals. I mean, I don't think it works on me. But if it helps someone, oh, by all means, please wear all the crystals. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm not into, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that. But hey, if you guys believe in that, I still would love to hear from you. Please email us at eurotrashweekly at gmail.com. And uh, let us know if you like the show on Twitter at eurotrashweekly and all of our handles are at eurotrashweekly on other social media, on Instagram. Apple <laughs> Podcasts would be so important for us because we really try to make a big impact on that one right now. And uh, SoundCloud and everywhere else. Thanks for listening. Yay, and we'll be back with your trashy pod. Bye. Bye.